Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series, Simplify. Our big idea today is harness the power of your calendar. We're going to spend time in Exodus chapters 18 and 33. Enjoy and thanks for listening. My wife and I were having some serious discussions about my hearing. This went on for several months. And Jean insisted that I get my hearing checked. So finally I agreed and made an appointment with the doctor. And the the big day arrived. I went to the doctor's office, filled out some paperwork. And then the doctor put me into this booth. It's a sound booth. And he began to give me a test. The doctor worked some dials. I had some headphones on and I had a little button. And when I heard... Heard a sound, I pushed that button, whether I heard it in my left ear or right ear. After about 20 minutes of testing, he finished the test and he asked me to go into his office and wait for the results. The doctor walked in and he says, Mr. White, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. He says, the good news is you do not need a hearing aid. And then he began to go over this graph and he explained the test that he did and all the sounds. And there was one section of that graph that he drew a circle around. He said, Mr. White, here's where the bad news is. He says, you do have some hearing loss. It's not enough for you to need a hearing aid, but it's going to impact your life. And he told me, he he says, Lee, there's a couple of groups of people that that tend to speak in those tones. And then he started writing in big, bold letters. He says, you are going to have trouble hearing women and children. (laughs) My jaw dropped. I stood up. I grabbed those test results. I gave that doctor a high five, and then I ran out of that office. (laughs) We're in a series called Simplified. And our goal during this series is to take three words out of the Valley Point vocabulary. Overscheduled, overwhelmed, and exhausted. We're going to spend the next nine weeks giving you the tools to do just that, to simplify your life and to get rid of those three words. Last week, Eric talked about the things we need in our life to replenish our reserves. We learned that if we live our lives depleted, we're not in our zone. That we run ourselves exhausted, we overwhelm ourselves, And we overschedule ourselves. Eric told us that we needed to put five things in our life in order to replenish our reserves. He said we need to connect with God. We need to re-engage with family. Find satisfying work. Exercise. And serve others. Today we're going to focus on going from overscheduled to organized. When you leave here today, it is our goal that you'll understand the power of your calendar. Walk up to someone you know and ask them what's new, and odds are they're just going to tell you how busy they are. In our men's group here at church, several of us were talking about what's happened since the Great Recession. And all of us agreed that business has stepped up its gear. It expects more of us, but with less. More work with less people. More sales territory with less sales resources. And the technology that was supposed to help us and speed us up actually puts more pressure 
on our calendars. Today's big idea is harness the power of your calendar. You may be a student and your schedule looks like this. You have every moment scheduled and you run from week to week with barely enough time to breathe. You may be a business person and you have a schedule that looks like this and you wonder how will you fix it, fit in the next meeting or how will you even handle the next urgent thing that comes up. Perhaps you're a mom and your schedule looks like this. Regardless of where you are in the maze of your calendar, we can all have seasons of chaos. And yes, we can all use help with our calendar. Today we're going to look at how we can move from overschedule to a balanced schedule. One thing that each one of us is given in equal amounts is time. There's 24 hours a day, 86,400 seconds that each one of us have to live. I'd like to be able to stand up here and tell you that I've got it all figured out. But when Eric asked me to talk on this subject, I got to tell you, I've been convicted over the last couple of months preparing for this. And there are so many areas that my calendar needs to get better. My point is that we all need to hear this talk, no matter where you are, whether you're a student, a mom, a business person, wherever you are, there's things you can do that are going to make your calendar better. So where do you start? Well, the first thing is we have to take an honest assessment and look at our calendars. I encourage each person here to answer one question. What is driving your calendar? The reality is that most of us have three enough questions that are driving our calendar. Do I have enough? Did I do enough? And am I enough? And we could spend the entire sermon talking about these three enough questions and what's behind them. See, the reality is we all have these God-sized holes in our heart. And a lot of us set up our schedules so they're just trying to fill that God-sized hole. The reality is the only one that can fill that hole is God. There's a verse in the Bible that says it just right. It's Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. If there's one thing that you get out of this talk today, let that be it. That Jesus is enough. He literally says it, that he'll give us everything that we need. But what are some practical ways? How, how can I move to this type of thinking in my schedule? Well, key point number one is we need to put God first. So if we draw our schedules and we do an honest assessment of them, we're going to find out that we're setting up our schedules wrong. And each one of these days, this represents the time that you're awake. Maybe for some it's 6 to 11 o'clock. Maybe it's 7 to 10. I don't know what time you stay awake. But as we do our calendars, we're going to see that we're approaching it backwards. And the things that we put on our calendars right now are what other people expect us to do. It may be for you, it's going from work. So from 7 in the morning till 7 at night, you're working. It may be uh, school for you. And from 8 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon, you're doing school. We plug in all those things that might get us fired, that might get us kicked out of school, or that might get us in relationship trouble. That's how we work our calendar. We let other people control our calendar. See, for us and our family, this is how we ran our lives. 
We had everything else scheduled and we started putting kids' activities in. Maybe it's soccer down here and we do that two nights a week. And then we had shopping that we had to put in here and we had invitations to parties and we had, we had all these other things that were filling up the calendar. And what we were able to do is on Sunday we would find a little bit of time to just plug in here a God hour. Everything else drove our calendars. But we put a little calendar in there, a little God out. And as Gene and I started raising the family, we realized that something was missing. There needed to be something more. And we started having to reprioritize and put God first. So we still had the same time. But what we started doing is picking things that God would want us to do first. So we scheduled church first. We put him there. Every week we're going to go to church. And then we started thinking, well, what else can we do? And Gene and I started saying, maybe we should go to life groups. What's there? And I'm going to tell you that was one of the best things we ever did. We started scheduling life groups twice a month. Two nights out of the month, a couple hours, but you get to hang out with some people that are trying to do life and they're trying to build their life off the same blueprints that we were. What a relief it was to find people who could support us and talk to us and guide us and help us. Then came serving. We started finding places that we could serve. One service go to church. One service, serve. Come here and help serve. Come here and usher. Out of life groups, God gave me the chance to start leading a men's ministry. So Saturday mornings, I started scheduling a men's ministry. That led to more responsibility. Next thing I know, it's being an elder in a church. I had to schedule being my elder meetings. And that even led up to an opportunity here to be part of the teaching team. See, I had no idea what God wanted to do in my leadership skills to serve him until I started putting God first on the calendar. There's a man here that I'm going to tell you. You you want to talk about making serving a priority. He got married in Mexico. Eric's there actually doing the wedding. And last Saturday, he's leaving. Now, don't get me wrong. His marriage was last night, but he's leaving on a plane on Wednesday, going to Mexico And he shows up at Men of Ice on Saturday morning. And then after Men of Ice, he stayed a couple hours to tear down and put the campus back to to normal after vacation Bible school. So there's a guy who's leaving to go get married in a couple of days, and he's serving. And then that Sunday morning, the next day, I look up, and who's being an usher? But that man that's getting ready to go for his marriage. I believe God honors honor. And when he's thinking, there was plenty of other things he could have been doing, getting ready for traveling for his wedding, and he's serving God. I think that's a great thing. See, we all got that opportunity to change our calendar. And let me just talk for a minute for parents and grandparents. If you could choose one thing for your child or grandchild, what would it be? If you had four things you could choose from, one is a Division I athlete, Number two is a scholar, accepted at the best colleges in America. 
Number three is social success. Lots of friends. Or number four, a Christ follower. Which one would you choose? For me personally, we hope our kids get the true definition of success. And that is knowing and doing the will of God in your life. But look back on the month of June. And based on your choice in that list, is that how your time matched up? How did your calendar match up? Is church attendance important to you and your family? Or do you choose other things above it? Do those questions make you squirm a little bit? I know they did me. You know, when our son Andy was in high school and he was a senior, we were going to church on Saturday nights. And, of course, his senior year started getting more and more conflicts. And basically, he stopped going to church with us on Saturday nights. But he would get up on Sunday morning and he would go to church by himself. And I got to tell you, that ticked me off. You know, we should go to church as a family, all of us on Saturday. But then there was a guy in my life group, and he called me out on it. He says, Lee, what are you so upset about? I said, well, we should go to church as a family. He says, man, he says, if I was in that situation and my child was a senior in high school and they're choosing to go to church by themselves, think about next year when nobody in his dorm is going to want to go to church. You've taught him how to go to church by himself. And I started thinking about it. I said, you know, he's right. We bring kids to church so that when they leave us, they'll go to church. There's one verse that Gene and I hold on to. It's Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this verse is not a guarantee, but there is a much stronger probability of our children returning to this way when God is in the picture. And for a lot of people in in this church, that's what happened. It's because our parents brought us to church that we came back. The best way for you to communicate that God is first is to make church the first Things scheduled each week. Come to church in your baseball and soccer uniforms, but get to church. Our key point number two is go with God. There's a great story in the Bible of Moses and a conversation he's having with God. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Exodus chapter 33. Let me give you some background on this. Moses has led the Israelites out of slavery. He's led them through the Red Sea. You remember the story of the burning bush in the Bible? That was Moses. He's had more God moments than any other person. But he still has this doubt on whether God's presence is with him. Let's read this together. One day Moses said to the Lord, you you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land. But you haven't told me who you will send with me. You have told me I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully And continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. Like Moses has to remind God. That's amazing. Verse 14. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. The Lord is promising Moses rest. See, we can all have that conversation with God. Here's Moses who's had more God moments than anyone else, and he still needs to have that intimate conversation with God. 
See, for me, it's the first thing in the morning. I set my alarm five minutes earlier than really what I want my alarm to go off. And I turn my snooze button on, and then I just start my conversation with God. Sometimes it's Moses moments. God, are you really with me? And it's all those doubts and all those places that I got to go. Now, because of my job, I have to keep my cell phone right by my bed 24 hours a day. But I can't even pick up my cell phone. I have to just turn that snooze button off. I have to just engage with God at that moment. And then the next thing I do is I go do my devotional. It's an email that's sent to me about 3.30 in the morning. So it's always the first one there in my personal email. I get it. I read. And I've got my quiet time with God. Now, I told you about my hearing problem with women and children. All right. Sometimes when I'm not really paying attention to Jean and I'm distracted, she'll speak in a deep voice, Lee, please take out the trash. All right. I'm going to stop and I'm going to turn around and hear her. See, but a lot of us are like that with God. We're so busy and we're so distracted, we can't hear his voice. And I don't know about you, but for the first 20 minutes of my day, I want to be alone in the sound booth with God. The only voice I want to hear is him. Not my work emails, because if I look at one work email, my mind starts going. And I miss that quiet time, that intimate time with God. Each one of us can do that. I encourage you to find that thing that works for you. Maybe it's not in the bed. Maybe you'd go back to sleep if you hit the snooze button. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's a closet. Maybe it's a study place. But find that sound booth moment for yourself where you get to spend a few minutes alone, where you're just tuned in with God's voice. Our key point number three is focus on who you want to be. Let's stay with Moses and some advice he got on his calendar and how he was spending his time. So let me give you some more background. Moses is running the show. They're out in the wilderness. They're in the desert. And every dispute the Israelites have, they come and see Moses. Someone took my animal. If that dispute exists, they'd have to go see Moses. So his father-in-law, Jethro, Jethro comes for a visit. Let's read this, this verse. Exodus 18, verses 13 through 27. The next day, Moses took a seat to hear the people's dispute against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, Because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all yourself. Let's pause there for a second. Jethro is warning Moses. He's going to wear himself out and the people. He's going to make himself less effective, not more effective. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice. And may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God. Bringing their, <clears throat> you should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God dec- God's, God's decrees 
and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 150, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures and all these people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,150 and 10. These men were always available to solve the people's common disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. Soon after after this, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law who returned to his own land. See, even back then, God was trying to help people simplify their schedules. I love how Moses reacted. Moses could have put him down and said, don't you know who I am? I'm in charge. I have to do this. But he doesn't. He listens to Jethro's advice. Do you have a Jethro in your life? Is there somebody that can speak into your calendar? Maybe you're a mom and you need help with chores. How do you engage the kids? Maybe you're a business person and you need to delegate more. Maybe you're a student and there's some things you're doing you need to ask for help. Who's that person that looks at your calendar and gives you some voice and some advice? If you don't have that person, find them. You see, when we take this honest assessment of our calendar and we really decide that we're going to change our approach and we want to start scheduling things differently, we're going to plug in all the God things first. But then you're going to plug in and focus on who you want to be. Maybe you're in a job that feels unsatisfying and you want to do something different. And for you, you're going to have to write on your schedule, you're going to take a class once a week. Maybe it's something with your health and you want to focus on something you want to do differently with your health. Maybe it's a gym class that you're going to sign up for twice a week. I don't know what that specific thing is for you. The answer is really different for each person here. You know, when my daughter Kathleen came home from college her first semester, her first break, she took a dry erase board out and she scheduled every class from her freshman year until she graduated. And she came in and she showed it to Jean and I and she says, well, if I do this, I can graduate with a degree in this and I'll have a minor in this and a minor in that. She was focused on the type of college student she wanted to be. My younger daughter, Sarah, when she goes and babysits, she takes care of the kids. But when the kids go to sleep, she goes back and cleans up after the kids. But beyond that, she cleans around the house. See, she is focused on being the type of babysitter that she wants to be. I just wish she'd focus on that at our house, too. But she's focused on the type of babysitter that she wants to be. See, if you need to make time for serving or life groups, you may have to say no to some good things in your life 
so you can say yes to the great things. It's like last week's conversation with Mary and Martha that Eric took us on. Martha was doing some good things, but she wasn't doing the great things. Mary was choosing the great things. And Jesus actually told Martha, work on the greatest thing. We were recently in Orlando, and we actually stayed in a hotel on the Disney property. And Sarah took a friend with her down there, and we woke up in the morning, we went and ate breakfast, and there was an arcade right across from the restaurant. Well, Sarah and her friend wanted to go stay in the arcade. And you know me, I'm, are you kidding me? Why do you want to stay in the arcade? The Magic Kingdom is literally a monorail ride away. See, a lot of us are like that, and we're at that hotel in our lives. We're choosing the arcade, but God's got that magic kingdom for us. And we've got to change our approach. We may have to say no to some good so we can say yes to the great. So maybe today you're hearing God's voice and some things you need to change in your calendar so that you can free up some time for some of the great things, some of the things you want to be. Look at it this way. If God controlled your calendar, completely controlled it, what would it look like? Maybe it's saying no to some things. Maybe it's computer time. Maybe you need to limit yourself to 30 minutes of computer time. Social media can take up a lot of time. There's a lot of good things that can happen in social media, but there's a lot of time drains that it can have on you. Maybe it's TV. I don't know what it is. Pray about that. What are you really hearing today? If you were in that sound booth, what would God say to you about your calendar? There's a great quote in the book, Simplified, which is what we've based this series on. And it's a quote by Bill Hybels, the author. He says, the thoughtful arrangement of your calendar is one of the holiest endeavors you can undertake. So the question is, are you really ready to turn your calendar over to God? I mean, really ready to turn over your calendar to God. That takes us to our three takeaways. Number one, take an honest look at your calendar. What drives it? What are you chasing? Are you chasing some time with God first? Number two, make a God-focused schedule for the next 30 days. Let God control your calendar for the next 30 days. And three, include your Jethro list. The list of things you're going to say no to. In other words, what boundaries are you going to put in place? See, your calendar is more than, is, is more than merely an organizer for what needs to get done. It's the primary tool for helping you become what you want to become. Sometimes the enemy can't make you bad, but he can make you so busy, you miss out on God's blessing. So do you feel overwhelmed, overscheduled, and exhausted? Do you? You can simplify your life and not have those feelings 
if you harness the power of your calendar. Let us pray. Father, there are so many people in this room that are just overwhelmed and overscheduled and exhausted. And Lord, they come in here and just desperate for you. And maybe they don't, they don't realize the freedom that they can have in you. And Father, for some today, that's the first step. They need to invite you into their life and they need to accept you as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, if there's someone here today, would you just touch them? Uh, and Lord, just speak to them. Let them know that you love them right where they are. And Father, for many others of us, we're just at the end of our rope. We're so busy, so, so overscheduled and so stressed. We just don't feel we've got the time to do anything. And we miss you. We miss your voice. And God, we just ask today that you will reveal to us those areas in our calendars that we need to change that we need to, to focus on so that we can move closer to you. And Lord, I just pray that those people that really have insight to our lives, that we'll be open, just like Moses was, for them to speak to us, to give us some advice in our calendars, to call us out where they need to. With love, Lord, but to take those words and to change, Lord. There's so many people that they have a heart for a different life. And you have a heart for them to have a different life. But we have to take those first steps. We have to change our approach. We have to change our calendar and scoot closer to you. And Lord, I pray that every person here, that you'll just enlighten them and show them exactly where they need to put God first in their life. And finally, God, we pray that you'll go with each one of us. Just like Moses had that presence, that you are present with us right where we are right now without changing a thing. We pray that we get to know that, that we sense that every day. Lord, we pray all these things in your precious son's name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.